You are listening to Asian Skycast, the show that brings you the most updated aviation industry insight. Uh, Justin, you spend most of your time with, uh, I think, Chinese clients, fair, fair to say, and we were just talking during the break. Um, and I was asking if you'd seen any changes in business jet utilization from your client base out of this. Mm. Um, generally, uh, in the past month or two, I think the demand for the usage of corporate jets have gone up uh, quite sharply, both in domestic terms uh, within China and also cross-border. Uh, that's been driven by uh, passenger uh, requirement, of course, because, you know, in particular, given all the travel bans, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the ticket price for um, uh, commercial airlines have gone up significantly, not even that uh, you can secure one. Um, so that has driven the demand up. And secondly, uh, given the uh, pandemic, the use of corporate jets and smaller scale of aircraft to help people in remote areas uh, and in certain particular affected areas in China, in for instance Wuhan, you know the the use of corporate jets have been uh, has have, have definitely gone up. Yeah, no, I know. think we've we've seen that a lot too. Um, well, somebody who's close to just the overall economic situation in China, what do you see for the economy there? Is it back to business as usual, or uh, that's that's. Uh, uh, a difficult question to answer, I guess, but um, I, I would say yes or no. Uh, officially, the Chinese government have been uh, saying to the business, you know, look, um, let's go back to business. Uh, and also, it depends on which area we're talking about. For example, Shanghai, uh, Shenzhen is probably more of getting close to, uh, to normal. While Beijing, as far as I understand, is still under quite a bit of restrict. Um, in the in the aviation industry, for example, um, having talked with certain people in the industry, and also you see that on the news as well, the um, the number of flights uh, now flying the in the sky has gone up. So we see that as a positive sign. Interesting. Um, Gordon, can I just go back to private or corporate aircraft for a second? And I don't know how much you can talk about it. Are you seeing transactions um, either being held up or outright canceled because of some of the economic uncertainty that's coming with this pandemic? I think as a general rule, I'll come back to your question in a minute, but as a general rule, um, for sure, when you have, um, you know, an economic crisis looming like this, then transactional work um, tends to fall off a cliff. Um, and, you know, later on in the cycle, you'll start seeing disputes and restructuring and insolvencies and that sort of thing. Um, so I think as a, as a general comment, yeah, we are seeing fewer. I'm looking at Justin now because obviously um, he's also involved in the corporate aviation space, but um yeah, there are definitely fewer transactions. Yeah, I guess short answer is yes. Uh, we have seen varieties of transactions fall away or being postponed um, purely because of the current situation, really. Yeah, yeah we're seeing it all the time. Um, yeah. But um, 
also, uh, I guess it depends on what what sorts of transactions we're talking about. If, we, if we're talking about the, the the normal transaction like aircraft trading, sales, financing, it bound to be affected by the by the vir- uh, virus. Um, but uh, it, it, if we talk about time going down the line for the next two to three months or even longer, we might see more uh, restructuring transactions. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, I think from our perspective, we've seen a lot of transactions which we still think will get done, but for the moment, everyone just says stop. Um, but we don't even let's reassess where we are. Um, some of it is people who who legitimately uh, may feel they no longer need it. Other, I mean, there are, I guess, a, a myriad of reasons. But um, yeah, I, I think it's 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 totally normal to expect. Yeah, and, the, and and there could be some people who decide that as a result of this pandemic, they need a corporate yeah, jet because I they don't mean, want to fly commercially. Yeah, so. I know, no, I absolutely. You know, uh, I personally have received a couple of queries. Uh, I mean, they never probably would never thought about. Buying a or, or, or rent or hiring a, a corporate jet, um, but they are seriously thinking about it at this situation. Justin, I have to ask you this question because I ask every aviation lawyer who deals with Chinese business jets: How much pushback do you get from mainland transactions in terms of legal fees? Uh, that's an interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, we don't mean that in any way to stereotype anyone or anybody, but no. as many as any listener of this podcast will know, it is it is difficult in some parts of the world to I, get I, people I think, to pay um, fees. Absolutely, you're right. I, I think you know legal fees is is a very sensitive issue uh, for pretty much every law firm. I would say, um, in, particularly in, in a in a difficult economic situation, you know, it's understandable every business is going to try to cut costs. Um, it's not just Chinese uh, clients, it's pretty much everywhere, you know, they want cap fees, fixed fees, etc, etc, so as opposed to hourly rates, uh, which is all understandable. Uh, but we, what we're always trying to say to people is, yes, of course, yeah, we're trying to do things as efficient as possible, uh, but there are things you just need to spend time and spend the money uh, to get things right. Um, what you don't want to have is you cut the necessary cost um, when you do the transaction, um, but maybe years later you find you didn't get it right. Um, so that's something we do want people to uh, be aware and pay attention to. And yeah, no, pre- preventative medicine is always the best, but it's sometimes the hardest sell, um, at least we, we found. Um, so probably too. Um, Gordon, how has life been impacted from a law firm perspective? Um, I think like any business, we're you know facing challenges down the track. Um, you know, at the moment, we're still pretty busy, fortunately. Um, a lot of the team are working from home, just business as usual, but in, in a different um, in a different format. I mean, a lot a lot of you know the meetings are happening online. Um, I was giving a seminar last week online, so you know it's just a different different way of doing business. Um, but I think, as I was saying a minute ago, I mean, I think some parts of the business are going to be impacted. You know, the transactional side will probably slow down, and then ultimately there may be an increase in the, in the dispute side of the business. So, um, you know, we are definitely facing challenges, but that's that's like any other business at the moment. And are you able to function as efficiently 
when you're all doing, I mean, because in terms of document review, in terms of right, checking every line and make, I mean, is it, is it harder to do or? Uh, if you're working got, from home. Well, you've got an associate in one place who's putting something together and then they're sending it to you. And you've, I mean, unless you're like me and you print everything out at home, but um, then you got to review it. I don't know. You mark it up electronically, you send it back. I mean, it's just, it's easier, I think, when you're all sitting around a table. Um, but then again, it's taught us at, at Asian Sky Group how to work differently. So uh, I'm sure for you guys, it's no different, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I, as I say, I think it still it still works. Um, there are definitely some aspects that would be easier if people were in the office. Um, productivity is probably slightly less if, when people are at home, if we're being honest, because um, there are more distractions. Um, there again, for some other people, then they don't have to commute, and therefore they can, you know, yeah. work work better, more effectively. Um, you know, at the moment in Hong Kong, obviously, it's difficult because a lot of the the, the people's children are at home. Um, so you have had that distraction. Um, so it just depends on everybody's circumstances, I think. It, it, it probably does. Um, I think on the transactional sides, while we're busy doing uh, transactions, you know, my, my personal view is does it doesn't matter that much it, whether you work from home or in the office. Of course, if you need to print a lot of stuff, uh, you know, our colleagues tend to come into the office to get them printed. And IT trying to give everybody the necessary support, you know, give you a printer, for example. Um, so just trying to mitigate the kinds of difficulties everybody but is it, facing. Does, does it do anything for the culture of the firm? You know, I mean, I think back to like when I first started out 20 something years ago, the later you were, I still came from an era where like I wasn't a lawyer, but the later you were in the office, the more you proved or you never left the office before your boss left the office. Or, you know, if you were sleeping in the office, that really meant, meant something. It sounds so ridiculous now, but like that was like a real thing. And I know for law firm culture, right? You work as hard or harder than anyone. I mean, what does it do? Is it just people have to send emails out at 3 a.m. to show that they're still working on a document or... Well, if you don't want to talk about this, uh, no, 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 no. It's, ultimately, it's ultimately, you know, the job needs to get done, and um, you know, we we all have timesheets to record our time on. You know, we've got to account for every six minutes of our time, even if we're not going to bill it. Um, so, ultimately, you know, that's that's the record of what people are up to. Um, I think, I mean, coming back to the point you were mentioning a minute ago, I mean, social interaction is definitely important, and that's something that people do miss. And so, what we try and do is to sort of organise team sort of you know get-togethers every now and again. Um, you know, online. Um, I, I have heard about people sort of not, not. I don't think in this office here, but, you know, having virtual coffees and virtual water cooler chats and that sort of thing. Um, so there are definitely, definitely ways to get around it. Um, but um, you, you do need some sort of social interaction, I think. And technology, as I said j just now, has changed people's working style, uh, particularly in the current scenario. Uh, we have seen Zoom, for example, being a hot topic for everybody, you know, because everybody using it. Of course, you've got the private um, issues, uh, which they're trying to sort out. But, you know, all the technology are uh, helpful, really, you know, uh, when you have to remote, uh, re you know, working remotely, yeah. you know, which we didn't have years ago. It's, it's interesting talking about technology because, you know, a lot of the work we do uh, on the 
contentious side is to do with the courts here and the courts have been shut since the end of January and it's fair to say that they're not at the cutting edge of technology um, and so you know that just um, a few days ago they issued a circular about holding telephone hearings and video conferences and that sort of thing whereas some of the courts in other countries are much more advanced in terms of having you know being online and having electronic bundles and that sort of thing so I think you know there will be Businesses will change and, and the courts will change as well because, you know, they're beginning to evolve to adapt to the circumstances that we've got. And it's the same for you when you're dealing with your clients. I mean, you feel like the Zoom meeting, you know, in terms of updating, briefing them. I mean, it's obviously not the same. It's not never the same, but it... But conference calls have always been a major part of the yeah, legal world. I yeah, mean. no, exactly. So, you know, it's still, still you know... The, the long and the short of it is we've got to stay in, stay in touch with people, particularly if people are working from home, whether that's our own staff or whether it's the clients. And it's never the same sort of not being in the same room as somebody. But, um, you know, the, the technology exists to, to get around the problem pretty well. Yeah. Do you, and, and then we'll wrap up because I know you guys probably have to get going. Um, do you worry about secure, secu- not physical security, but electronic security as more, uh, more and more sort of uh, important legal work does move into this kind of Zoom arena? It's certainly something that we've been looking at internally and we've, um, you know, had one or two reminders about cybersecurity. Um, I mean, there was the the issue in the last few days, wasn't there, about Zooms, um, yeah, that's you know, sort of security and people, people being able to hack into... Um, to, to meetings and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, sure, it exists. Um, do we think about it day to day? Probably not. We probably just get on and use the technology and hope for the best. But um, certainly, yeah, I, I think it's fair to say our, our IT teams are, are well on top of that and uh, um, have got appropriate systems in place. Yeah, but, I mean, it's not like people weren't going home at night, logging on to their home laptop, home office, whatever, and then working on important documents anyway. I mean, some people are acting like this is a whole new world and it's like, well, not really. It's just everybody used to do this stuff from home anyway. I don't know if email was ever safe. Um, just, uh, I don't know. There's just always something new to worry about, I guess. Um, Justin, when do you think the quarantine will be lifted in China and mainland China? Now I'm talking about it. in terms of transporting between Hong Kong and China. Between Hong Kong and China. Because um, you still have to quarantine for 14 days, right? If you, if you cross the border. I think the, the new quarantine measures were put in place by the, China, by the mainland China, China government um, for travelers from Hong Kong and elsewhere going into China. So everybody going to be quarantined basically for 14 days. For how long that will be remain place, you know, it's very difficult to tell, I guess. It really depends on how quickly the um, the situation uh, elsewhere can improve. Uh, and people, uh, not only just people in China, but also elsewhere, they're talking, oh, already been talking about the second wave. So nobody want that happens. Um, so as Gordon just mentioned uh, about, you know, things going to be lift up gradually it, it won't happen overnight but it, uh, you know i think people generally remain positive now it will be lifted um, but it's gonna take some time and if i can ask this and i maybe it's not something that we can talk about but you are the expert here do you see the chinese legal system um i don't know what the right word is for it changing maturing um it's been going through an evolution, I guess, really the last 20 years or so. I mean, can you talk at all about 
Uh, it's certainly a big topic. Uh, <laughs> it's probably going to take us two days to, or, or even longer. Uh, but short answer is uh, probably yes. And uh, to answer that, uh, I was actually talking with a friend today, literally today, about my time when I was a graduate doing law. And that's the time the criminal law was completely, uh, uh, you know, um, improves and, and changed. Uh, you know, a lot of new changes been put in place uh, pretty much every day, every year. Uh, so you see that. Uh, I guess that's part of the uh, modernization uh, of the whole community. Uh, I would see that, um, you know, continue to change. And of course, you know, there's, from what I can see, there will be a lot of room to improve as if everybody want, want to see as well. But do your clients, and now I'm talking about clients of the firm, let's say outside of China, but who are dealing with China, uh, are they starting to get more comfortable with the idea of mainland law or is it still must be Hong Kong law, London, New York? Uh, interesting you, you you mentioned that actually you know I'll just give you an example of um, uh, what I have uh, personally uh, experienced um, I don't know whether you heard of Tianjin Tianjin is a um, place where probably five years ago no seven years ago there's no aircraft leased or financed there but nowadays there are over a thousand aircraft yeah for people listening this is a city in china where airbus has a completion facility exactly. and where they've sped, set up a special trade zone for leasing and that's and right these kind of activities uh, that's right max uh, I, and I, I got involved from day one uh, with the tianjin uh, dftp uh, free trade zone idea and they, it has gone through a significant change in many ways uh, and picking up the legal uh, aspect in particular uh, in a very early stage as you said exactly as what you just described you know particularly international banks would say no no no, no we can never accept uh, a, a share charge for example uh, governed by prc law that's not going to happen that's not going to be acceptable um, but uh, after a few years when people start to uh, get more knowledge about how things work uh, and how how much more comfort comfort they can get by putting in place the right document um, and the right structure, uh, I think uh, there are a lot of more acceptance now, as you would see compared, you know, with a few years ago. Uh, I think you know. Still, there will there 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 are way ahead uh, for uh, the the whole legal system to be improved. Um, but we definitely have seen uh, s- certain aspects of Chinese law, uh, in particular in our area, yeah. uh, has been becoming more acceptable yeah, for I mean, international players. We've seen a lot of banks and things like that where you know they want the client. You know, they recognize that it's, you know, ultra high net worth and they want to be in business together, but they used to just say, no, be registered, no, be reg. We'll finance anything you want, but it's got to be, it can't be, you know, be registered. Uh, and now they're sort of saying, okay, you know, we're putting some, you know, thanks. Um, they seem to be getting a little bit more comfortable with it sort of day by day. Yeah, I think that's, that's right. Uh, and still, um, uh, there are still banks, for example, uh, you know, leasing companies. They are still worried, 
they still prefer English law, Hong Kong law. Uh, but when you come to certain element of the transaction where uh, the Chinese carriers are involved, uh, Chinese lessors are involved, inevitably there are certain documents have to be governed by PRC law. People start gradually to accept that. Uh, and of course, there are things they can put in to mitigate the certain worries and risks, and they are doing that. Gordon, from your perspective, your international clients, are they getting more comfortable doing business in China? Well, it's an interesting one because I, I think there's Chinese law, but then there's also Chinese courts. And, you know, would, do, do clients want to litigate their disputes in, in Chinese courts or would they rather have what they would perceive as greater certainty as to the outcome in Hong Kong or in New York or somewhere like that? So, um, I'm I I don't know is the short answer. Um, you know, my, my perception is that people would rather still at the moment, um, you know, have the greater certainty of outcome that's associated with, you know, Hong Kong or, or New York or England. But um, you know, as as to the the governing law, well, it may be the case. Obviously, you know, aviation is going to grow enormously. One would hope over the coming over the coming years in in Asia, and it may be the case that Chinese law and uh, Chinese courts have become much more accepted. So then, if I could just get a, I guess, a parting thought from you: Do you expect that the money that's coming in now from governments are going to get the airline industry or the aviation industry as a whole sort of through this process, or do you think we're really going to have to have almost a complete sort of a reset? I know it's a big question, but I think it depends on what governments are actually doing, um, because some governments have been pretty proactive in terms of supporting the aviation industry. If you look at Singapore, for example, that's uh, put together a massive package. The same with the US. Um, there are a whole host of governments around the Asia Pacific region that haven't really done very much so far. Um, so I think it depends on coming back to what we were talking about earlier, whether you just support the airlines or whether you support people down the chain. Well, let me ask it another way. Do you have a perspective on time? In other words, can we go two months, three months? Is there a point at which if five months from now, we're still in the same place? Um, and I don't need you to put a decimal point on it, but just. Well, there was one study that was released a few weeks ago, which I think predicted that two thirds of the world's airlines would be bankrupt by the end of May. Um, I think IATA is currently looking at a scenario going to the end of June, um, and that's predicting a loss of, I think, $252 billion um, in terms of revenue, top line revenue. Um, it's just, you know, the longer it goes on, the harder it's going to be, and the more support is going to be needed. Okay, well, these are uh, these are tough times, but uh, that's why you need good lawyers. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you can read more from uh, Gordon and Justin and HFW at Asian Sky Media. I know you've got some articles that are going to be coming out in our next Asian Sky Quarterly, which will be the week of April 20th. So please look for those. Uh, we'll have links to both gentlemen in our show notes. Gordon and Justin, thank you for doing this. And I'd love for you guys to come back in uh, a month or two or three and just take another look at where the industry is and, and how things have adapted. I'm very happy to do that. Thank you very yeah. much. Thank All you, right. Max. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week on Asian Skycast. Make sure to visit our website, Asian Sky Media, where you can subscribe to the show on your phone or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show.